Welcome back to the Pesky Report. This is a very special episode of the Pesky Report. My name is Derek. I'm here with Jacob Hunter, as always, uh, with the minor league crew. Um, but we have a special guest joining us. Uh, we have Philip Sykes joining us. Uh, so we'll go straight to you, Philip. How are you doing? Doing great, man. I can't complain, man. I'm blessed. I'm just happy to be here on this podcast. Well, we are very excited to have you, um, but I don't want to take the first question, obviously, as I enter the show. I want to hand it off to the other guys, um, and we have a tradition here. I go to Jake first all the time, uh, so we will continue with that. Jake, you get the first question. Well, thank you, Derek, and I I have to mention that we are brought to you by Beyond the Monster as well. Um, Derek, it's Derek's tradition that he always forgets that. Um, he's It's fine. He's cramming for finals right now. It's not in his brain. I completely get it, having been there myself. Uh, so, Philip, thanks so much for coming on. Um, let's just start out. I'll just ask you about how you're doing right now. Um, we're now for you in the off season, we're about, we're like oh, basically like three months into the off season at this point for you. How are things going? How are you feeling? Kind of what's your, what's been your sort of day to day like since you, since the season ended, what's, what's going on with you? Yeah. Um, so right now I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. It's probably about uh, about an hour from da- uh, Dallas. Um, just training here at TCU right now. Again, I'm getting to use their uh, facilities and weight room and whatnot. We got a group of like 15 to 20 pro guys that come back and train here. So it's a pretty good environment, good atmosphere. We push each other pretty hard. Um, I mean, day to day looks like I usually get in there, get in the weight room around 10 in the morning, get get done in there around 12, and then I go hit after that, and I'm done by two o'clock. So, and we get we got a bunch of guys up there like. Um, I don't know Nick Lodolo. He's a he's a pitcher for the Reds. Him, Luke and Baker, Matt Carpenter, Trent Grisham, like a bunch of guys like that. We have a pretty good group up there. Nice. Makes it yeah, it makes it pretty fun and competitive. So yeah. Uh, is there anything like specific that you've been focusing on with the workouts? Is it just kind of like getting your body, mind rested, recouped, or is there yeah. like something that you're really trying to hammer home? Um, for me this off season, I mean, obviously the first like month or so, you're just trying to, after a season, you're just trying to get back and just get back to where you were, you know? Um, but right now, I mean, I'm just trying to put on weight, man. That's been my biggest kind of goal for the off season. So I, I ended the season at 183 and right now I'm getting close to 200 pounds. So, so you're doing the reverse blaze Jordan. Is what yeah, you're exactly. Exactly. We had actually, we actually had a little deal going on to see who would, uh, he was going to try to lose and I was going to try to gain. We're going to try to set, we set a goal to see who's going to get closer to that goal. So. Yeah, very. Um, now I do want to talk to you. Well, obviously, you know, off season's great um, and whatnot. Um, and besides like the daily routine, uh, when it comes to the off season, what are your like things that you like to do? You know, you have a decent amount of free time in terms of you don't have games or scheduled or anything. Um, what's like things that you like to do in the off season, maybe to kind of get away from baseball a little bit, not, you know, Maybe, like, you obviously still want to stay in shape and whatnot. You still have stuff you have to do. But what are things that maybe clear your mind or just other things in general that you like to do in the offseason that maybe aren't baseball-related? So usually, like, every Wednesday, it's kind of our recovery day kind of. So we don't – we have pretty much the whole day to, to do whatever. Uh, we usually – I go and hit the, the the range a few times a week. I've been trying to get my golf game up a little bit. Uh, but we go. We usually play golf every Wednesday. Um, play, we've been playing a lot of video games together. Um, pickleball, been getting into pickleball, um, just kind of anything really. I've been going to um, some like stars games, did the Dallas Stars. So just I try to get out and just do stuff, dude. I get bored. 
Are you worried that the golf swing will will mess with your baseball swing at all? <laughs> My golf swing is terrible. So <laughs> I, it's it's atrocious. But uh, I've I've always heard that, but like I still haven't figured. I swing it like a baseball. Like, that was that was the thing people always told me. Was yeah, like, so you're you're swinging like, it like you're swinging a baseball bat. I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not very good, but every once in a while I'll hit a good shot, and that's just kind of what brings me back the next time, you know. But uh, yeah, I, that's kind of what we do. We just anything we can just. We've been uh, so I live here with I have two roommates right now, and they're both pitchers and other organizations I played with at TCU. And uh, so we kind of we're we're here always pushing each other, making sure ever we're eating, and we're just kind of we have a competitive kind of nature around here. So anything we can go out and do and just kind of compete in, it's kind of we do that. I'm surprised to hear you say that you you play you play pickleball. That's like kind of a that's kind of you're kind of young yeah. to be very active in, in pickle yeah. pickleball. Pickleball, um, yeah, it's been growing a lot. It's like it's a big thing over here in Fort Worth right now. It's a big thing everywhere. It's like one of the biggest sports in in the country, yeah. I feel like. And it's I think part of it is just like you know, you don't have to be like super athletic to to do it. It helps to be athletic. I mean, yeah. I mean it's it's just for an example. Like mm-hmm. it's some I like to play pickleball and I'm definitely yeah. not not really that athletic anymore. But uh well, how did you end up getting kind of into that? And, and is it like is it something you do with like the, the guys that you're there with and Yeah. Yes, yeah, like, so every once in a while we'll go up there. We actually have so we have the uh they just built these nice like indoor pickleball courts kind of not too far mm-hmm. from uh, my apartment and so we would just go over there. You can go at night at any time, really. And we would just go over there and just kind of have some fun with it. But yeah, man, I get, I see, I see grown adults in there just like getting after it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. One of these days. Yeah. One, of, one of those days. Um, in terms of baseball, um, you obviously, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Shohei Tani because he's a two way player, just sign. Um, you were a little bit of a two-way player yourself. Um, did pitch and hit. Uh, I did look at your uh, stats, uh, baseball reference, and saw the Northwoods League there, uh, hitting and pitching. Um, do you think that gives you maybe like any advantage? The fact that I know you obviously haven't really pitched a ton of like the minor leagues. You pitched, got like two games last year on the mound, inning and a th- inning and two thirds. Hey, eleven strikeouts per nine, pretty yeah. solid. Uh, but like, do you think that maybe just that experience, even you know, uh, you know, not just in high school, even going past high school with pitching, do you think that maybe gives you a little bit of help, maybe hitting, or do you think they're a little bit kind of exclusive from each other? Um, I'd say they're. I mean, it's been so long since, and I have n- I've never pitched at this level, so I'd say it's kind of exclusive at this point. But I feel like it definitely helped me turn into the baseball player I am today, no doubt. Uh, just being a pitcher and just being able to compete on the mound like that, I think it's helped me. Um, and I also think it's helped me in the outfield. Like I learned when I was pitching, I learned how to kind of get true backspin on the ball. And I think that kind of helps me play in the outfield with just throwing in general. So in terms of like, yeah, getting just backspin, better throws in and whatnot. Not yeah, good. better throws. Yeah. Um, obviously, like arm care, it introduced me to arm care and just how to take care of my shoulders and exercises and whatnot. So. I think it's definitely helped me in my in my career, no doubt. I still think one day if I could, I could still pitch if I wanted to like train for it and get my arm up for it. I think I could do it. When when you pit, like, what was your what was your repertoire as a pitcher? Like, what was your? your... I'm blowing you away with a heater. That's like <laughs> a heater at the top of the zone. I had some good. I had some good spin, and that's like you either hit it or you're not. 
It's about so, 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 so no off speed. You're just like you were like uh you're you just you just throw you just throw 105 and hope that you can't get anybody you get guys out. Yeah, it's it was deceptive, dude. I don't. <laughs> I, I promise. It was like 85 miles an hour, but they were swinging through it. Yeah, that's funny. It's kind of like Koji for everyone. Yeah, there you go. I remember I was growing up during I was I was uh, ten during that twenty thirteen run. Uh, so I was in little league, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm throwing a splitter now. Like, I can't throw it. I'm not throwing any off speed. Like my coaches were like, don't throw off speed. You're only ten. I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm throwing a fastball splitter. Fastball splitter. Well, that Derek, lo- Derek loves splitters. That's why yeah, he was now like, we know oh. now we know why he loves splitters. Yeah, because then he yeah because we, we had we had uh we had your 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 teammate uh, Dobbins on and you know that's Dobbins. you know it was a pitch. Dobbins has a nasty splitter. Yeah, it's a pitch he learned how to throw. So Derek was in heaven getting to talk to him. Let me ask you just like off of that a little bit, like as a hitter, do, do you pref- do you have a preference between? Would you rather face a guy that throws that throws hard? Um, or would you rather face somebody that is gonna be maybe more of a? I'll, I'll give you an example of like a t- like a teammate of yours, like an Isaac Coffee kind of. Like, would you rather face Luis Guerrero or would you rather face Isaac Coffee? I guess. Oh man, um, not specifically them, but just that. <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, I would usually say the harder guy, but Luis, like he's like hard, but also has like five different pitches he can throw. So it's kind yeah. of it's a little different. Uh, but usually I would, I would go with the harder guy usually just because it's usually they have that and like one other really good pitch. So you can kind of eliminate some stuff, but with coffee, it's like, so his stuff's so deceptive. Um, and even from center field, when I'm watching him pitch, it's just like, golly, he was start a slider behind dudes and it just sweeps across. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this year in Portland, you know, there was Sadon Raphael was there for a bit. Roman Anthony was mm-hmm. there at the end. Uh, Corey Rozier is a really good defender. Tyler mm-hmm. McDonough shines out there. Is mm-hmm. there like a competitive thing there where it's like, these are all great defensive outfielders, but like, I'm, I'm great too. Like, is yeah. there kind of like an internal thing, like between all of you where it's like, for who's sure to go out there and make the best play or. Yeah, I, I would say so a little bit, at least I, it's not nothing, anything really verbal, but we all know that we're, we're uh, we can all play outfield pretty good. So it's all like, all right, let's just – if McDonough makes a really cool play in outfield, I'm all right. Okay, I remember it, and I'm like, all right. And then I try to do something, like, later on in the year. I'm like, okay, now we're about even. Yeah. One-to-one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also didn't play left field this year. Uh, you played it a little bit the year before. Was that yeah. something, like – is that something you're more comfortable with, or was it something the coaches came up to you, or did it just kind of happen throughout yeah, the year? Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't play. It happened that way. I feel like uh, – I feel like, yeah, it kind of just happened that way. I felt like we had some guys that were kind of getting introduced to outfield this year, and I felt like left is probably the, one of the easier spots in our in our park, especially. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of why I didn't play out there that much. While we're on that, that topic of defense, I, I, I think we kind of have to ask you about um, near the end of the season, you made probably – I would argue maybe the best defensive play that anybody anybody made in the in the minor leagues for the Red Sox this year. Um, when you you robbed a home run uh, from uh, I can't remember the hitter, but it was it was a guy who was on Somerset. Um, mm-hmm. Right, it was it was it was it was late in the season. It was like right around September first. Yeah. Um, can you just walk us through what happened on that play, like and what? Um, have you had you ever made a I, and forgive me if you had done it earlier in the year or another? Have you ever robbed a home run like that before? Well, I actually had two balls like that, so I had a play kind of similar like that, but it wasn't as far over the fence. 
Um, it was in where was it? Where the Orioles play? It's uh, uh Where is it? Was it the Was it the Binghamton catch? I know you had one there. Not Binghamton. It was um, shoot. Where does where was Jackson Holiday? Where where was he playing at? Well, he was Where's playing. It? He he played everywhere last year. He played oh, it all. all oh, yeah, yeah, he played all three. Yeah, like yeah. was it like Bowie is one yeah, of them? Yeah, Bowie, Bowie, Bowie. Bowie. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I had one like two weeks before, um, the one that you're talking about, and it was kind of the same, similar play. Um, and I was just talking to Lugo before the game. I'm like, dude, I've never robbed a home run in my life. Literally <laughs> MVP that day. Yeah. And later in that game, sure enough, I get a play, and it's like, and it was, it was like right there over the wall, and I kind of got it. I'm like, okay. And it was right after uh, Cedric Mullins did the same thing in the same spot. So it made it kind of yeah. cool. And then, so, um, yeah, the one at the at, at home. So that one was uh, – that one I didn't think I was going to get to, to be honest with you. Because that ball was – I was kind of shaded over to the right a little bit. And I had to run a, kind of a long ways for it. But luckily, he hit it high enough. So it gave me enough time to kind of get under the ball. And um, – I just got to the wall. I felt like I had a good feel for where the wall was at. And that's the biggest part in the outfield, just knowing where you're at at all times. And, um, yeah, I jumped up and I was like, okay. And it was, I literally came back that day because I, uh, I did something to my shoulders. I was out for a few days and I came back that day and I came up and I just right over the wall. Um, I, I do want to ask about playing the outfield um, because this is a question I've always wondered in terms of outfielders. Because um, I live in Florida, I've been to the Trop too many times. I don't love it, but it's whatever. Um, but there, so the thing that makes no sense to me: their warning track is turf. I don't know if you know this. So their mm-hmm. warning track, it's turf that's green, and then it's turf that's brown. How much does the warning track? If you have like an actual warning track. How much does it actually? Because there's always been outfielders saying, "Oh, I hit the one check. I know I'm you know, three yeah. steps away from the wall or whatnot." Yeah. How much does that actually help? And if you don't have that actual like physical dirt on the warning track, you know, how much trouble might that cause? It it, it for me personally, I feel like it it's a, it would take some getting used to having a turf warning track because, like you were saying, like once you hit the track, you're like, okay, I have one, maybe two steps, and then I'm at the wall. And if you don't do that, like games on the line, you're running, 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 trying to make this play. You don't really know where you're at exactly. You can just crush into the wall. Um, but yeah, that's it's why it's. I mean, every every park we go to, we kind of have to get used to the the walls, and then we walk around and make sure you know and see just see how the field plays. So I feel like that's that's kind of a big thing, especially once you get into the MLB. Definitely, and I want to follow that up too. It's so obviously you you know minor league is different than big leagues obviously because you have different wacky dimensions. Some big league parts like mm-hmm. Fenway, love Fenway, but some of the dimensions are wacky um, with how right field is and center yeah. field. You played mostly center right this year. Mm-hmm. Um, are there ever times where you know you get and they're like you might play center field this day, you're playing right field this day at the stadium, um, and the dimensions aren't the same and whatnot? Has there ever been times where it's like okay? You know, get in one headspace, get in the headspace, figure out center field. And then you also got to go and figure out right field. Is that kind of in terms of preparation? Um, is that like an added step that maybe if you know you're going to have to play multiple outfield spots? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say a lot of it has to do with like uh, the biggest thing in the outfield. I feel like the biggest, like the the most game-like thing you can do is just get live reads off the bat in BP. I mean, that's the most realistic look you will get. 
So I feel like that's a that's a big thing as an outfitter. You have to kind of prep in whenever you're wherever you're playing that day. You you need to get like a few reps in that position just to see how the ball is flying that day, you know, and how like you know how the park's playing. So yeah. Uh, so kind of going back to like your your different teammates. There were a lot mm -hmm. of like younger guys this year: Roman Anthony, Kyle Teal, Blaze Jordan, CT, mm -hmm. Chase Mike, like a bunch of guys that got called up from high A throughout the season and you spending the whole year in double A, did you kind of like see that as something to put yourself in like a mentorship role? Like, did you feel like you had to reach out to some of these guys or did some of them come up to you separately? Like, Hey, mm -hmm. like I need, I'm, I'm not comfortable or I got to figure out the locker room or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I felt like I needed to take over like a mentorship role, but I felt like I needed, like I let them know kind of what, what uh, stood out to me when I first got there, you know, which is kind of what helped me get around and how, you know, there's so many different things. I mean, I feel like the jump from high A to double A, I feel like that's the biggest jump you yeah. can make. So, um, I mean, just letting them know they, they, were, they had certain questions on, I mean, how the arms are and, you know, what, I mean, how our managers manage, you know, there's so many different factors into it, but just however I could make them feel comfortable really is the biggest part. You know, you making going up to double A, you're like, oh crap, you're like all oh, this stuff, you know, you're, but it's same game, you know. Was there someone that like stood out to you as someone that like took the jump really well? Like they didn't really they they just seemed to be ready for it? Uh yeah. I mean Roman and Roman especially for just being how young he is, I was like, okay. <laughs> all right, dude, all right. I mean, because he just went in and he just he just looked so just confident and comfortable in the box. He just, I was like, okay. He just, he's well, he's mature. He's very mature. How would you overall assess the season that you had in 2023? Like, where do you feel like you, like, going into a season, I don't know how you approach it. I don't know if you approach it mm -hmm. and you say to yourself, going into the year, like, I have certain goals I want to reach, or is it just, I want to, is it just more of a day to day thing? I just want to try to, do what I can on a day-to-day -day basis to be the best player I can be. Um, you obviously, you spent the whole year uh, in, in Portland. Um, just give us your assessment of the season that you had. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going into a season, you obviously, you have little goals and stuff you want to, you want to try to do, but I mean, most of the time it's, it never really happens that way. I feel like. So, um, I mean, as far as the season goes, I, I took, I took a lot away from the season. I, I felt like it was a good season for me. It was a lot of learning that I, that it, I took away from it and just a lot of – I failed a lot, and I feel like that's going to help me a lot later on in my career. Um, I mean, my numbers weren't what I wanted at the end of the season, but looking back after – like after when I've had time to kind of reflect on it, it's probably one of the best things that's going to happen to me, honestly just going through that. And then at some point you're going to go through it in your career and you just got to be able to um, just take it day by day, dude. It's, it's so easy. There's so many games that you play and it's just, you really have to just take it day by day. Yeah. It's baseball is, you know, it's like, it is the longest season and you have to, um, it's so the, the talent yeah. level, I feel like is so close with everybody. You don't look at yeah. one person. I mean, there may be one guy you ever see once in a while. It's like, wow. But other than that, everyone's like everyone's the talent level is so close. So it's just how can you separate yourself? And it's usually the mental aspect of the game. Yeah, just how how yeah. you're just able to let it go. You know, just, just 
just play free. You so you know you get to double A and you know there's a lot of most people like don't get to double A in their baseball careers and it's like you are like did you feel it different this year in terms of did it feel like because you've you've played at a few different levels of the minors obviously mm-hmm. did the jump to double A feel different than other jumps just because of the fact that like the thing traditionally that people always say about double A is like that's where all like the best prospects usually are. And it's, yeah. it's cause like triple a can be, there's obviously a lot of good prospects there, but triple a is different because it's a lot of guys who are just kind of hanging on to a pro career. It's guys who had played in the big leagues for a while. And maybe, maybe we're a little bit, uh, maybe are, are, are trying to latch on and get, stay in the major leagues or they're, they're trying to, you know, maybe they've got eight years or eight and a half years or nine years in, and they're just trying to, they're trying to eke it out so they can get the 10 years. And so they can get that pension. Mm -hmm. Like that is the type of thing that happens a lot. Double a is different uh, in that there's maybe not as many of those types of guys, but it's a lot of the, like the best prospects. So just can you talk about like the difference between double a and the other levels you played at? And did it feel like a bigger jump than maybe from like high A to like low A to high A? Yeah, it was definitely a bigger jump. I mean, like you were saying, you see all the prospects. I mean, every prospect, I feel, every team has some type of prospect, at least. Um, but I feel like it's just everyone kind of understands that they're, like, this close. So it's either, like, they're going crazy and they're just, like, doing their thing or it's the opposite and they're, like, playing so tight and just can't let loose. And you can you see both you see both of that kind of going on. But as far as I mean, just the pitching's obviously better. I mean, as far as quality that the quality of guys like you're you're gonna see day to day. Like I would base it kind of off of like you're seeing a Friday guy pretty much like a a Power Five Friday guy every every day. Um, I mean, and then out of the pen, it's kind of the same deal. You're you're seeing either ninety five to a hundred, or you're seeing you know something similar so um but i mean yeah it was they know how to pitch that's that's the biggest thing too they know how to pitch and then i mean the defense is stellar the better defenders um but other than that i mean it really is the same game yeah it, it is uh jake jake brought up you know your your goals for last season and everything mm-hmm. uh at the end of the season you finished with 39 steals and nine homers. One of those steals came in that last game where you guys put 24 runs on Hartford's head. Uh, so first off, I, it's, it's a little two thing. One was the 40 and 10 in the back of your head anywhere. Like, was that a personal oh, yeah, it goal? Was, it was going into the last week. I'm like, dude, let me just get 40. And 10. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I'm like, golly, I even asked Epi, who was our manager. I'm like, we're up by like 12 at the time. I'm like, Epi, can I just take a bag real quick? And I'm, he's like, dude, you can do whatever you want, but like, look at, and they weren't even holding us on or anything. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even going to count. They're just going to hit the next guy in the head. <laughs> yeah, all you're doing at that point is getting your teammates head hunted. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely uh, crossed my mind, though. I was like, Kylie, I just want one more. Can and I ask then, for permission? Yeah. What was the what was the vibe like for that game? Like that was just I mean I yeah, I can't is. remember the last time I've seen something like that where it was just everyone it was just next guy up next guy well, up. Yeah, like, once you get to that, I mean, in last game of the season, everyone's everyone's already kind of like on their flight home, kind of in their brain. So it's kind of just everyone's just up there 
hang, letting them hang, just banging, you know. It's, I mean, it's you, but yeah, I was still pay. I was, dude. I was, I was trying for that tenth one. If I got a, if I got something, I was gonna try for it. I, I do want to ask in terms of you know, obviously, um, played you know pretty much through every level besides AAA so far. Um, you've been to Salem, been to Greenville, been to Portland. Um, you talk about those cities. Um, we talked about this with a couple other guys before, but in terms of those cities, you know, what are some of the things that you've kind of found out about those cities that you've enjoyed while being there, maybe during your off days that, you know, had you not been playing in Salem or Greenville or Portland that you maybe, you know, wouldn't have found out and experiences that you've had there. Uh, uh, so Portland was a little different for me just cause it was, that's the most Northeast I've ever been. Um, but I really didn't like seafood, like going into um, the season. I wasn't big into seafood. I might, I might leave. <laughs> I might leave. That, that I, wasn't, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't yet until I tried <laughs> the the lobster rolls. I'm like, okay, there you go. I oh. see it now. I see it. I understand. <laughs> I get it. All right, I'm back in. Yeah, we're good. The I the big thing for me. I love uh, I love crawfish. You ever had crawfish? Oh yeah. The crawfish is that's kind of my deal. I like super spicy crawfish. Um, but what else was I going to say? I mean, it was, the weather was a big thing for me too. That was a big difference. Like going into the, the cold like that early in the season, that was, uh, that was a little culture shock. Um, what else was that? They're just for me. Um, I'm trying to think in Greenville. I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time in Greenville, but honestly, I would say Greenville was probably one of my favorite cities. Favorite Greenville is my favorite Minor league baseball field I've played at. So, I I went to one game there. It rained out, but mm-hmm. I was driving to Florida, so I was like, oh, "I'll go to Greenville." Yeah, that stadium was awesome. The area around it was awesome. Like everyone was telling me, like, "Oh, the game rained out. Go to this place, that yeah. place." Is- Everything in Greenville is just nice. It's well kept. It's clean. It's the people are great. Same with Portland too. Portland's field is very unique, but the monster, just the monster, is bigger, and I feel like it's deeper like 30 feet deeper it's not even 30 feet deeper but it feels like that and then you have salem that's just like salem's good luck good luck hitting a homer there you can hit a ball at the right launch angle and still somehow not hit it (laughs) it's murder it's a murder for hitter for power hitters good luck it's i i remember like i'm like thinking like can we like have our hitters i don't know play like elsewhere have our pitchers pitch in salem then have like our hitters hit like in a right. different park like across the street or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's sometimes um like beginning of the year i think we had a thing where it's like when's someone hitting a home run in salem this year um and it was like specifically in salem it's like it's happened in other places when's it gonna happen yeah. in salem and like i think it didn't happen until like the end of may yeah i, th- I yeah. think it was luis ravello hit the first one really yeah and it was it was a good month and a half into the season yeah usually how it is yeah it's it's rough there i mean and that's an interesting thing too when you get to you uh go up to different levels and you play in different stadiums and see different cities and stuff like that that um you know the the parks play so different and it skews the numbers a lot like we because because like for example roman anthony is you know in salem at the beginning of the year and he's putting up these like really pedestrian, like just like really mediocre mm-hmm. count stats and just regular numbers and stuff like that. But then 
and so we don't see it because it's not like because there's not like a baseball savant for for single a at least there yeah. is at, I, maybe there will be at some point um but like you're we're hearing stuff from like baseball america and the Sox prospects guys who like get access to that and they're like no like roman's hitting like he's hitting like 180 but you have no idea like the the, the exit velos he's putting up like the his pitch recognition like the mm -hmm. he doesn't miss when he's in he doesn't miss in zone on stuff and it's like don't worry about the numbers like he's going to be fine yeah and then so then they promote him to Greenville when it looks like he doesn't deserve it based off mm -hmm. of the counting stats. And then like immediately he just catches fire in Greenville. Yeah. So, it's, oh, well, so, so, so half of it was the ballpark or more than yeah, half of it was the sure. ballpark probably. You know? And that can play with your head a little bit too. Yeah. Really. Like whenever you just hit so many balls that, that just, you felt like should be hits or homers and they don't and they're out. It's just like, that will yeah. start getting to you a little bit. Is well, that, yeah. is that something that bothers like you or like just, you guys in general like when you see people on twitter this is something that always pisses me off when you see people on twitter like oh well he's doing this and that and i'm like but yeah. have you watched a yeah. single game yeah. or are you just looking at a stat that you saw yeah. somebody else post like, yeah is that is that something that like you guys we, we see it but like uh, like we all know like we're the same way like, as y'all like we know we keep up like we're we're in the mix with it so we understand we're just like God, like what are they doing <laughs> Yeah. It's like people can say yeah. what they want, but it's like, so like, for example, you got to, so like, we'll give an example of you got to watch Marcelo up, mm -hmm. up, but you only got to play with him after his shoulder was messed up. And we find out yeah. after the fact that literally the entire time he's in Portland, yeah, his shoulder is messed up. And, and yeah. so like, you probably must, you know, and, you know, we'll probably talk about some other guys that you played with too. I'm sure that you saw him grinding like every day, trying to like play through that. And yeah. even I got to see him play, and I and I'm sure I, I saw you too. I'm sure at um in Manchester um when you guys were yeah. playing uh playing the Fisher Cats there, mm -hmm. and like I couldn't really tell that there was anything wrong. He was he looked great in the doubleheader that I saw him in, and he yeah. hit a couple of balls really hard out to the. He almost did a, a home run, an opposite field home run, mm -hmm. and like made all the plays at shortstop and stuff, yeah. and it's like. You know, but but like again, same thing. He wasn't putting up like big numbers, and unfortunately, there's like this whole strain of, of people out there that think Marcelo Meyer is somehow like not yeah. as good as he really is. But it's like the guy was like, yeah, like his strikeout numbers were bad and stuff. But you have to put it in the context of he was playing the entire time he was in Portland. He was playing through a messed up shoulder, and it got to the point right where like he told Bradford later where he was like, I couldn't even like. I couldn't move my arm. Yeah. I finally had to be like, guys, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a tough thing. But I guess, yeah, what was it like to to watch, to like see him come up and, and you're playing with him and watching him do his thing? So, I mean, I, I saw, I played with some with Marcelo and, and Salem. I mean, I knew just by watching him swing the first time, I you can obviously tell he's a special player, especially for just being how young he is and he's so matured and he's just his IQ for the game is through the roof. Um, but so already I knew what, I I mean, I knew what kind of talent he had. I mean, it's all-star talent. And whenever he came to Portland, um, and I saw him start playing and I saw him kind of his shoulder deal. And then I, like, I, I knew, I kind of knew what it was. Cause I've, I've had similar, we were on the same program for our shoulders. So we're, we're similar pain. So I understood what was kind of going on. Um, it's one of those things where you can play through it, 
but it's like at what level do you want to be playing at you know like do i want to be playing at my like my his all-star level or does he just want to play as you know the regular double a shortstop guy you know because he was having to like manipulate his swing and it was like affecting other things and he got to the point where he just needed to get it healthy you know he was just it was hurting him and he was tired of just that stress of his shoulder just non-stop and he was like man it's just it's not it's affecting me and then it started probably affecting him mentally at yeah. the same time so it's just like it's i mean he needed it he needed to do it i was happy that he took that time off what uh so we were uh, jake and, and derek both brought up like different ballparks and stuff is there uh an away stadium from this year that like stood out that you hated or that you loved or like a an area I know obviously you guys are there for a week and yeah. I'm sure you guys go out or do something. Is there like one place in particular that like you guys went to and then you were like, you had it circled on the map for like, I can't wait to go back there. Maybe it's a yeah. park you just played really good at or. I'm trying to think. I know as far as parks go, like the nicest and I would say majority, if not most guys on the, um, on our team would say probably the same thing, but Hartford, Hartford, the, uh, What's their, what's their name again? Yard Goats. The yard yard. Goats. Yeah, the Yard yeah. Goats. Their stadium is really nice. Yeah, it's a great it's park. It's, a, it's yeah. brand new. It's yeah. only like three or four years old. Yeah, I love playing there. Um, where else did we play that I really liked? I mean, Bowie, Bowie played nice. The ball really flew. It was just it was kind of just a nice atmosphere. Um, I did not like playing at um, who's who's the uh, the Giants double A. In, in Rich is Richmond, uh, Virginia, I believe. I forgot what team that is. Oh, I have no idea. Their stadium sucks. <laughs> 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 Their stadium sucks. Uh, yeah, the ball really doesn't fly anywhere, and it's just blade. Richmond Flying Squirrels. Yeah, the Flying Squirrels. Definitely yeah. didn't look that up. Totally, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I hundred percent with that. Richmond <laughs> Flying Squirrels. Um, definitely not here at ballpark. But there was one other one other field I like playing at. New Hampshire wasn't that bad. I like playing New yeah. Hampshire because the uh, in right field it was super. As a lefty, I would love playing there. But um, yeah, that short porch and right that was nice. I mean, but honestly, I love playing at home. Our field just like there's nothing kind of like our field out there. So for you, just talking about the off season a little bit, like you, you know. There are things that you can't control as a player, and some. And number one, one of that is like is trades, um, mm -hmm. and then another one is you know the thing that just happened, which was like the Rule Five draft, which is yeah. just a bizarre, weird, archaic. Like it shouldn't even exist anymore, in my opinion. But um, Jake's it, gone off on tangents about this it. Before. Served it served its purpose, like you know, a long time ago. I mean, literally, the Rule Five draft has been around. Like we talked about this on a show, it's been around for like 120 years or something crazy like that. Um, but you know, so for you, unfortunately, you know, for the Red Sox, you know, a couple of guys that you've you've played with uh, got taken in the in the Rule Five, including Shane Drohan, who at the beginning of the season was, you know, looked like a potential like big time pitcher, and he was incredible with the Seahawks yeah. at the start of this year. And of course, he he had his struggles in in Worcester, and that eventually, of course, the Red, led to the Red Sox not protecting him, and he gets picked. Um, and then, so you, you know, and then a few other guys that got picked in like the minor section and, and other things. Maybe guys, I don't, not sure if you've played with like, Ryan Fernandez. Ryan Fernandez got picked. Don't forget about <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then there's also trades and stuff too that 
can happen. And, and we've seen we've seen some guys that get got traded away from the Red Sox uh, this offseason already in the minor leagues. Um, like, how do you approach that stuff in the offseason? Like, is it in the back of your head? Like, can you or is it just like you kind of just have to accept it? Like, you're going to get, you know, if you get traded, it's just okay, like it doesn't change necessarily what you're doing this offseason. It's just going to be more about where do you go in spring training? Are you going to go to Florida? Are you going to go to Arizona? And then where are you going to start? Like, how do you approach that? Like, what's your mindset about what can happen in the offseason? Yeah, I mean, depending on your situation, I guess, if you're like Rule 5 eligible, and it all kind of plays a factor of kind of where you're at. So I really haven't had to worry about any of that stuff yet. I mean, obviously, I could still get traded, but I don't really think about that stuff too much, honestly. I kind of just go with the flow, and then whatever happens, happens, obviously. And I just trust that it's supposed to happen that way. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, it's kind of different for every guy in their situation. But it, it's definitely, it's kind of, it's weird. It's weird thinking you could just be with one team in the next day, literally, or you could find out literally on your phone. You get see, you see like the something post like, oh, Philip Sykes traded before anything ever happens, or that, and that's probably. That would be the craziest part to me. Um, yeah, man, it's just like the biggest. You just got to go with the flow, whatever. And, you know, that you can't worry about it because you have no control of it. So, but obviously, like, it would suck. Everyone wants to play, everybody wants to play for the Red Sox, you know. But you never know where the – everyone's route's a little different. So. Was that like – so let's go back to the draft, like getting drafted and stuff because you mm-hmm. were you were drafted twice, actually. So mm-hmm. – um, first time you get drafted by the diamondbacks right and mm-hmm. and uh you you don't sign and you end up you know you you go to tcu and you get drafted by the red sox like mm-hmm. let's talk about the second time like were you like how did it like how did it feel to get drafted by the red sox like were there were you expected because you were an 18th round pick so you like mm-hmm. kind of that was like right after they made the draft 20 rounds yeah Funny because you get the first time you got drafted, you got drafted in a round that doesn't exist exist yeah. anymore. Um, but what what was your expectation going into that draft in in twenty one? Were you expecting to get drafted, and what teams were you? Yeah, making I mean, honestly, by? I'm not gonna lie to you. I hate the draft. I hate <laughs> the draft. It's one of the most stressful times, and I'm, I feel like most guys would tell you the same thing. It's just a whole like the few days leading up to it and they're in the whole draft, you're like, you can't eat, your stomach's all knotted up. You're just stressing out. Cause obviously like it's everyone's dream. They want to play professional baseball. And unless you're, you know, the the first or second rounder, you never really know like what's going to happen. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, going into that year, I had a good year. I was an all American. I put up great numbers that year. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I should get picked up. I was thinking anywhere from like four to nine. Nope. No, no, that's not how that works. Um, next week, Red Sox. So I, I had probably, I'd say, I talked to probably at least half the teams and then filled out stuff for them and did stuff like that for them. But <clears throat> I knew <clears throat> when the Red Sox drafted Judd at the second pick, I was like, ooh, that's not looking good for me right now. So I didn't really think that, I didn't think I was going to be a Red Sox, to be honest with you. Interesting. And but so then when they so when they picked you, like how did it how did it feel? Like was it Oh, was I was it, ecstatic. I was yeah. ecstatic. I mean at that point I was just like I was telling my agent, dude, just get me drafted, dude. I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> I don't care what you have to do. I'm just trying to go play baseball. Professional baseball. 
but no, I was ecstatic. I knew, I mean, especially hearing the, to go to the Red Sox, I knew they were took care of their players and they were a great organization. So I was extremely lucky to be picked by the Red Sox. It's funny to hear you say that you were, you, the, you know, that the Red Sox picked Judd Fabian and you think it was bad for you. Well, it didn't end up being bad for you no. because A, you got picked and B, yeah. Judd Fabian didn't sign. So exactly. it, was, it, it all worked out. It all, that's what I'm saying. You never know how they yeah, yeah. It's gonna work out. Yeah. But like, and who would have thought, you know, who turns down over a million dollars? Well, you know, what's funny. We, cause at the time, um, I actually think at the, at the end of the day, that whole thing worked out fairly well for Fabian. Like it he, did. Yeah, he, did, it worked out. He, he did lose money, but he ended up going to the team that it sounded like was going to pick him with the next yeah. pick. He ends up going to Baltimore and he's played better in pros than he even did in college. So uh, I'm happy for him. It was, yeah, it was, no. a, the whole thing was a bummer when it happened because yeah. we were, I, I, for one, as a Red Sox fan was really excited about what Judd Fabian could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is what it is. It happened. Um, and I'm, yeah. and honestly, I'm happy for him that it seemed like he. Oh yeah. Yeah. Play I, well, I played have. against him in Bowie this year. He's, he's a good player. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good player. You do have a little bit of a fun draft class. I mean, you look at that draft class, obviously you got Meyer there, obviously uh, you got like, uh, Tom McDonough, McDonough uh, ERC was there, Nathan Hickey. Um, and then we, we, we got Hunter Dobbins and CT, who we had both of them on the pod this year. So, yeah. and joining that group, that we're getting the whole 2021 draft class at this oh, point. Um, this draft class, I promise. We have yeah, and then, uh, and then the pick, the Red Sox pick before you was Luis Guerrero. And obviously, Luis, you know, yeah. we love Luis Guerrero. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, you have a fun draft class to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, too, like, at this point, we're gonna. You might have to go talk to all your teammates. I need a whole 2021 draft show at this yeah, point. I, can, I, I make that happen, honestly. Um, now, I do want to bring up too. I know Jake was talking about trades. As I was thinking, hey, hey, at least like remember. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but like the Eloy when Eloy Jimenez was in that trade, I forget who it was for. It's so long ago. Uh, but like when he was going went, went for the Cubs, the White Sox, and it was like got yeah. broke on like Reddit, like 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 so much before it even happened. Imagine just looking at your phone and being like. I know. And I'm that getting traded? What? I'm getting. No one's told me anything. And then, like, you eventually get a phone call from someone or a text. It's like, oh yeah, you actually are being traded. It's like, that's that's the one thing that I've always been. Like, that's that's how. Uh, that's how Corey Rogier told me he found out. Him and him and uh, Max, when they came over here from the Padres, he said he was just chilling in the in the locker room before the game, and he was on his phone, and then he saw something pop up. <laughs> Ten minutes later, the manager calls him in there. He's like, "Hey, you're traded." I already know. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always thought that's like, it's like it's gonna be tough. And like you think too, like when you're drafted too, it's like it is very much like you know, yeah, you want to get drafted, but I can understand why it's stressful because it's not just too like yeah, you want to play professional baseball, but also like it decides your life, like yeah. decides you know what city you're gonna go to in terms of like. Even like when you go play minor leagues, like where are you gonna play? Like, are you gonna play? Like, you end up going to Salem, playing Low If you go to Greenville, you go to Portland, um, and eventually, you know, hopefully with the Red Sox. Um, but like, if you get drafted, you know, you get drafted Red Sox. Like when you got drafted to Arizona, that's you know totally different. Now you got to go to their minor. You if you would have signed with them, you got to go to their minor league. Football. It's yeah. it's you know totally you know it, it truly does like depending. Same thing with trades. Like it does like it is kind of like. Changing like your whole life. life, yeah, it literally, yeah, it because does. you were at TCU, um, and you know you you know at going from TCU to you know to obviously you're going to Fort, I think what you went to Fort Myers, obviously report there, and then went to Salem. Mm-hmm. So like that's you know that is a big change, and then obviously Salem, yeah. Greenville, Portland, like that is you know it is. change. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a, a change for sure. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Like as far as the Arizona Florida spring trainings, like I feel like they both kind of have their pros and cons. You know, depending on what you like. Both I thought a lot of guys like majority guys I work out with here are in AZ, and I mean they love it there. I mean all they do is golf and just bull, bull crap around all day. Yeah, the nice thing about like Arizona spring training is that you don't have to travel that far. Like I go, I got to go That's to spring. True. I went to spring training this past year. I went on vacation, and man, it's so great to just like not have just to have all of the parks and stuff be so close by. Whereas mm-hmm. Florida, it's like you know your your three hour bus ride is pretty normal. It's oh, like, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, I live in Florida, yeah. and it's like try like I live in Florida, and I'm like, and when we when I was like. I've been moving forward. I was 11. I'm like, oh, I can go see Red Sox spring training games. Nope. Fort Myers is three hours away. Where's the closest spring training park? Ah, it's like two hours away. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this sucks. It's like, and then like they're all spread out. And now they have the thing where it's like you only play like certain teams in spring training. Yeah. So it's like the Red Sox are like, oh, they're playing like the twins for like the 10th yeah. time in spring training. It's like, <laughs> okay, like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> although we didn't hear news on spring training. They are going to have like, the, I guess, like the spring breakout thing, whatever. I don't know if you've heard. You've heard. heard so essentially, it. essentially, they're essentially taking like the minor league games that they do on like the backfield. They're going to have one of those on like the main field with fans and whatnot, I guess. Oh, that's so cool. That's, like, so that's a new just, thing they're doing. I think that's cool. I think it's good for minor league like exposure. Yeah. I know I don't know if you've heard about that, but I did mm-hmm. want to ask you about that because you know a lot of the time in with minor leaguers is uh, you guys are on the backfields. You don't really have like that spotlight. You know, obviously, you know you guys are going working hard, but it's not like uh, you're not going to get like this glorified like oh here's the story on Philip Sykes yeah. who's going to be playing in Double A in 2023. It's yeah. you know it's like oh here's this guy who's fighting for the big league roster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so having maybe a little bit of a bigger spotlight in the future for minor leaguers, I think that's a, I would think that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely uh, good for baseball in general. I mean, so how, how would that – I haven't even heard of that. So how would that work? Would it be like if the major league team's away, the, the minor team – It's weird. So this year, it's the Red Sox one is on March 16th. They're playing the Braves. And it's like it's supposed to be like a big thing for like prospects and minor leaguers, I guess. Uh, but they're playing the Braves. It's it's going to be like a seven inning game, uh, but it's going to be this year. It's at Jet at Jet Blue Park, which is Red Sox main okay. field, um, and it's a seven inning game, one hundred five, I think it said. But like the Red Sox that day, they're the I guess like the major team. They're playing. I think they're playing like Baltimore, like okay. at Baltimore's facility. So it's a little weird. Yeah, I uh, think it said something yeah. like twenty two to twenty five prospects for each MLB team. So That'd I don't cool. know what they're. Yeah, that's cool. Um, is it one game they're going to do like that, or is it like a thing they're going to try to have like a few games like that throughout spring training? So as of now, it's one. So because it's 15 in Florida, 15 in uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. um, 28 teams will play just one game. Um, but then one team in Florida and one team in Arizona will play two games because they'll play one in Florida and then they'll play one in Arizona. So that gets a little weird, but you know, so but every team will have a game at least where like you know the minor leaguers get a little bit more of a spotlight. Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a feeling that this is something that you know, in a couple of years they'll do more and more games because yeah, I could see it being something that the fans like and for sure, uh, yeah, and it'll get them more money. So why not? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh, so in 2022, you started Salem, went to uh, Greenville. What was that call up process process like? And then this year you just played in Portland. Mm-hmm. Was that something that like 
what what was that like when they told you before the year, like, hey, we're putting you in Portland? Because obviously um, that's technically a call up for you. At yeah. That so it's kind of like um, so from going from Salem to Greenville. I remember I was in I was in Lynchburg, and my manager at the time it was uh, I can't even think of his name, dude. I'm a crappy person. Man. <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, anyway, our manager at the time, he, uh, yeah, he just called me in after after our game, and he told me and shook my hand, and he made it. He made it like a. He was a good, like really good about it. He would announce it to the team, and it'd be like a kind of a big thing. So that's that was pretty cool when that happened. And then, and when I when I knew I was going to Portland, it was kind of one of those things. So like right when you get the spring training, you have like a like a meeting, and they will kind of just go over what what your goals are, what you're trying to work towards. Or as far as spring training goes and like what you're fighting for, what job you're fighting for. And so I knew I was either, I was either going to Portland or Greenville. And I, I was just like, okay. And I was just going to work my butt off and to try to get to Portland. And once they told me what they don't really tell you, they just kind of like post the rosters. It's yeah. like the varsity back, like JV thing. You're just in high school. And just, you're you know, all just running up to the wall. Yeah. The wall to see where you're going, but it, it's kind of cool. It was, it's nice. Um, but yeah, that, that was my little moment. It was exciting. Did the uh, that you were just talking about that meeting is what you were saying? Like you talk about your goals and stuff. Is it the team goals for you, or do they kind of ask you like, what do you want to get out of this season, or is it kind of like they're like, hey, this is what we expect of you? It's a little bit of both. It's, it's kind of an open conversation. Um, so I'm, I mean, obviously we brought in a bunch of the guys from Driveline, and we kind of have our, our core four things we look at and. Um, we just kind of we'll go over that, and every, everybody's based. It's based on like a like a I forgot maybe like a twenty eighty scale or something like that, and they will kind of show you where you're at right now and where they want you to be, and and then they'll give you like player comps, like MLB player comps, yeah. like kind of where you're at right now. Um, so it, it's kind of cool. player comps. I know I player comps. Like, I feel like it really like. My whole thing is if you give them a player comp of like a, an average player, then people are yeah. like, oh, who cares? But then if yeah. you give them like, oh, this guy's going to be, he yeah. reminds me of Mookie Betts. Yeah. Then it's like, all right, well, now he's got to go be Mookie Betts. Yeah. Or else. My whole thing yeah. is like, you're Philip Sykes. That's exactly. Like, yeah. At the end of the day, like you're your own player, you know, um, that they put it on a scale of like, so our, our core four, it's like uh, swing decisions, bat path, um, Swing decisions, bat path, bat speed, and like it's like quality of contact or something like that. The last one, and they it's fifty would be like major league average. And so they they we have this big like database. They look in and then they look at everybody's numbers, and then they compare them to everybody's numbers in the MOB, and then that's kind of how they will base their player. Okay. Contact. Okay, my bat speeds so. Major league average bat speed, 73.5 miles an hour. So if I'm swinging the bat 72 miles an hour, my score would be like a 47, 48. And then they would look at, okay, who else in the MOB swings the bat 72, 7 miles an hour that has pretty similar bat path like I do. And then they would kind of like, they kind of like comp it like that. Okay. Well, it's not like they're out here like, oh, your, your game style is like super similar to, you know, Aaron Judge. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not, dude. Uh, and then something that CT especially talked about a lot when he was on was like the analytics, how much that they really brought that in. And we've heard from him and Hunter Dobbins both about how much that has helped with their pitching, but we haven't really heard from a hitter yet. 
is that something that they really focus on with you guys too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're getting into it pretty good, man. It's uh, it's beneficial for sure. There's so much, there's so much data out there that they have nowadays, and it's just whatever you want to look at and just and that you can measure, they they got it. So it's it's definitely beneficial. Do you think that they do the Red Sox? I I think one of the things that we heard from from CT was, you know, he felt like it was a really good. Uh, there's a really good system in terms of how the development coaches and the actual sort of team coaches mm-hmm. work together. Um, and I, one thing I'm wondering about is like, how do you feel like the Red Sox do in terms of, or just, you know, or whatever team you're on, Sea Dogs, whoever, like the ability to take the numbers and the analytics and translate them to you guys so that it's like, I'm not saying I'm not like not like easy to understand, but I do think like it can get it can probably get really sure. like wonky in terms for of sure. like, I mean, out I, there. like yeah. how do they make it easier for you guys to kind of digest it? They kind of break it down for us, like especially if you don't understand something, you can go in there and ask them and get a better understanding and they'll have like a one on one with you and kind of break it down. And it, and it goes as far as even scouting reports, like we're looking at stuff as far as like uh numbers and analytics stuff as far as pitchers go and a lot of times there's some stuff i didn't know when i first started going into these meetings i'm like i don't know what this like rsvp whatever it is like i don't know what this stuff is like i don't look at that i just i would what does your fastball do and what's your your secondary pitch is kind of what i would look at but it's there's so much so much out there i feel like it's big to just kind of pick and choose as a player like for you because everybody's different like like for example nico was one of my my good friends and he loves it. He wants everything, everything he can get to his advantage, he will take it and use it. Um me on the other hand, I don't I don't need a whole lot. I just need just a few things. I feel like anything more than that kind of gets me a little cluttered and then I'm thinking a lot about it and I'm just like I don't need it. I'm just yeah. <laughs> let me hit the ball, really. That's just um but it's there's there's a lot of stuff that that'll help you as far as the hitting side goes that they brought in pretty recently. Um, we're doing stuff on the, the blast nowadays, so you can see your pretty much everything with your swing. Um, I know they're trying to get some motion capture stuff in Fort Myers soon, which is that's like big league. And then we just got the uh, traject. I don't know if you've ever heard of the traject machine, mm-hmm. but it's like a it's like a it's like a hologram. It's like a big like screen, and it has like a little hole. And it's a projector of any pitcher you want to face. So we will face Garrett Cole, and wow. it's Garrett Cole's metrics too. So what exactly how what his fastball is doing is how it's coming out, and it's we got that in Fort Myers, and that's it's it's very beneficial to us. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I've heard stuff about that. I like I didn't know what it was called, but like because I'm so um, it's because I know like you can obviously like obviously like there's some pitching machines where you can like put the numbers in. So it's like okay, this velo, like this spin rate, whatnot. But, yeah. like, the fact that, you know, you have, like, I mean, you can be like, oh, I want to face, you know, Gerkold or, mm-hmm. I don't know, Justin Merlin or funny. whoever, yeah. you know, whoever you want to face. Like, it's like, it is, you know, I mean, you're, you're looking at your schedule being like, let's say you're in the big leagues. You're like, I want to have a good opening day. Who are we facing? This team. Uh, okay, let me, give me their opening day yeah, start. Really like, they announced that thing on March 1st. Give me their opening day start. I'm taking hacks against them every yeah. day. Yeah, that really, it really is a game changer at that point. But it's like these machines are so expensive now. Like you can literally have like I think the Red Sox have two. 
like one in Boston and one in Fort Myers. So it's, um, it's definitely, it's definitely a game changer as far as it's the most realistic you can get to like a pitcher. Cause the biggest thing off a machine is timing. It's like anyone can hit off a machine, but it's like, when do I start my move? And you're just timing based off of the feeder when the yeah. ball in. So you don't, you don't have any of that with this machine. It's literally like you see him load up and like pitch like an actual, like an actual in game pitch. So it's, it'll help for sure. Uh, So earlier we talked about your goals going into the season uh, and like, you know, goals at the end of the year and everything. Mm -hmm. Do you have any goals set already for next season? Like, is there any specific, you know, I want to get to this level or I want to steal this many bases. I want to hit this many homers. I want to do this in the outfield. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I haven't really set any any of those goals yet. I kind of, once I get to spring training and start kind of working on some stuff, then I'll start kind of setting little goals uh, throughout the, for the for the year. Um, but I feel like I was telling you earlier, my biggest goal for me this year, though, this offseason was just to get comfortable in the box again, just yeah. getting athletic, comfortable in the box, and just putting on weight, really. If I feel like I can play around 195 to 200 pounds, I think that's, I mean, that's going to help me a lot. As far as just power goes, I think it'll make me even faster. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it's kind of what I told the Red Sox going into the off season, kind of what I wanted to do, and they were they were on board with that. But as far as next season goes, man, I just I'm definitely want forty bags, dude. I'm not gonna lie, I better get to 40. that that thirty nine is gonna sit with you for a while. Minimum. Yeah, yeah. That, you got you got all you got all off season to sit on that yeah. thirty nine. You can sit at the sky. It's like, should have stolen one. Dang it, we're up by literally, We're up by well, 50. Well, it's like the umpire screwed me on the one I got called out on that one time. It's like, where's my replay review when I need it? Right. It's like, I hate replay review. I get called out. Should have been safe. Where's I want my replay review. You get called safe. You get called safe when you're out. No, no replay. Dude. If there was replay review in AA baseball, that would be insane. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. But like, there, there's gotta be times where you're looking at it like the umpire calls you out, but you know you're safe. You're like, like I kind of wish I would have had it right about now. The amount of games I've watched where I'm like, I, I have to remind myself these are minor league umpires too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They're they're trying to do the same thing we are, and you know they're trying to go up and make the major leagues like we are too. Exactly. But I will say they've gotten better. I have noticed they've gotten better as you go up through the levels. It's not by much, but they have gotten better. I do I do want to ask you because um, you know, well, obviously this wasn't in double A last year, but it was in triple A. Um, the ABS system. Uh, you know, got I don't know if you've talked to guys in triple A who have used it, uh who've been with it, but they had it you know, all year. They had both systems, they had the challenge system and then the full blown system. Um if that's something that you get to experience next year, is it something you're looking forward to? Something you're maybe a little bit, you know, on the edge about a little bit, um, or are you just kind of, just like, you know what, we'll see what happens. Just, I'm just ready. I'm just gonna. That's kind of what I'm kind of just going with it. Just let's see what happens. But I've also heard like, I'm eager to see. I don't know, like, I don't. Does the zone shrink and fit to different people? Because obviously people are different heights. So it is yeah, like, I think yeah, based off of like the listed height. So I don't know if 
you remember know that remember this, but there was like a whole like thing in spring training last year because they were like changing the official heights yeah, of like yeah. everyone. Yeah, some guys suddenly like, some guys suddenly grew an inch, some guys got shorter an inch. It's like wow, dropped, weird. I think some guys got dropped like two inches. Yeah. Like, wow, that's weird. It's like, that like was someone totally... was like six foot one to five eleven. It's like yeah. Yeah. oh uh, but like it's because it's based off like height and whatnot. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. like a certain like like the bottom of the strike zone's like I don't know what it is. I don't, I'll just say like, let's say it's like a fourth of your height, and then the top's yeah. like I don't know, three fourths. I'm just I'm just making numbers up. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, it's it's based off like your listed height. So it's I guess that's how they do it. I'm not gonna lie though. I like if the ball. So if it's in the zone, like here's the strike zone. If it if it's barely touching the zone, that kind of blows my mind. If it's a strike, I'm not gonna lie. Like I for me personally, like I get it. I guess okay, but like for me personally, like I. Just, Half the ball, at least half, half the ball. Half the ball. That's always you been know, my thing. Give me half the ball. You give me the like the tiny little like ball touching the, the, like, the edge. Never touching the corner. I'm like, dude, that's a ball. I can't even touch that. Um, but yeah, I'm eager to see how it plays. I, I've never played with it, so I'm kind of I'm eager to see how that goes. I mean, I would like you know the the thing where I can challenge it, do this little thing up there. That would be kind of nice every once in a while. Get on the umpire's head. <laughs> Three two count ball ball uh. Ball in the dirt. Strike. Challenge. Right away. Oh, man. Um, All right. So we're at a little over an hour, Derek. What do you think? Should we uh, should we? Put Philip to the test here. Why don't you? Why don't you just set up? You want to do our little uh, guess the teammate? All right. Let's try it. Let's try it. All right. So these are players that you were teammates with last year at some point. Uh, or throughout the whole year, okay. um, we'll see. Um, but you were definitely teammates with them at some point last okay. year at the bare minimum. Pitchers and hitters. What pitcher and pitchers and hitters? Uh, we'll see. Right, I have three players. We'll start with the first. All right, all right, all right. Just the first. I have so three. Nice. So I have two hitters and one pitcher picked out, yeah. but we might not guess all of them. Um, first guy. Uh, we will start by saying that this player is from Lumberton, New Jersey. Lumberton, New Jersey. Yep. And it's going to be, we're going to do like a series. We're going to keep asking you questions about him, about the player until you get it right. Okay. All so right. if you don't know this, we'll just move on to the yes. next, move on um, to the next question about the yes. player. Lumberton, New Jersey. Lumberton, New Jersey. Right, yeah. hold on. Uh, wait, so if I don't know it, did you I just tell me another question? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll throw you another question about the guy. Yeah. I'm ready for Lumberton, um, this player was uh, committed to Penn State out of high school. Penn State. Committed to Penn State. This is uh you're talking I know who you're talking about. Dearden. Yep. Tyler Dearden. Nice. All Dearden. right, pretty good. That's a lot better than we usually do. We, we if Hunter and I get it in the yes. first two questions, because we this is the just for context for people that maybe I don't know if they listen to our show during the year or not, like this is how we end every show is that Derek will uh ask try to stump Hunter and I with these questions about Yeah, except it's available to the whole minor leagues for them, not just teammates. So yeah, so we have to yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah. try so to keep it on the Sox prospects top sixty list. Yeah. Because it's like it's a little bit more like constrained that way. Yeah. But like, I might give him out of nowhere a guy who's in the FCL, and it's like, here you yeah. go. <laughs> it's like, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. Um, or it's like, or or like, uh, I think I gave him a guy in like the DSL one time. It's just like, here you go. This kid's like seventeen years old. Have fun. You gave us, you gave us, uh, Padron Artias. 
Yes, and he year. didn't even play this year. I don't, I don't like, like it's like here you go, like figure that one out. Although that was like our season finale, like big like winner take all because we yeah. totally we lost track of score. Yeah, um, we were gonna. Yeah, yeah, we were. We we had this this whole plan of like if somebody who was listening had uh, come up with figured out what the leaderboard was, we were gonna send them an Arby's gift card. Uh, but it never. Nobody ever yeah, took. They, nobody they, only get roast beef they can only get a roast beef sandwich with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a stipulation you had to buy a roast beef. <laughs> there's a whole. There's a whole backstory to that. Let's go back to our archives. Yes. Um. Let's. So next guy. This okay, player yeah, is on. from. Uh, I don't know how to say it exactly. Goleta or Goleta, uh, California. Yeah, there's a bunch of California people. Oh man, but I played with them, correct? So you have played with them. Um, let me just let me see if it's uh, it's not it's not Carson Seamus, is it? It is not. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, this player received a signing bonus of seven thousand five hundred dollars. Where from California? Uh, Goleta or Goleta? G O L E T A. I don't know how to pronounce it. A signing bonus of seven thousand. Got to be a pitcher. It is a pitcher. It's got to be a pitcher. It is a pitcher. Uh, Hunter and Jake may know where I'm going on. Do y'all know? Do y'all know who it is already? If if you 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 guys know me, I think I know. Yeah, I think I do know. It's a Uh, guy we've talked about a lot. It's not coffee. Is it coffee? Yeah. It's Isaac uh-huh. Coffee. It's the, I knew it. it's, yeah. it's the coffee man. The coffee man. The call coffee it. man. That's I knew it right. when you I knew it when you said the bonus number. I was like, okay, because we talk about it a lot where it's like Isaac Coffee, you know, the, obviously signing bonuses and everything, but like yeah. coffee was like an uh, I use either tenth or eleventh round. I think it was tenth round. Yeah. And for for the Red Sox to give it like just from the Red Sox standpoint of like yeah. round pick that you gave seventy five hundred dollars to, like I think I may have picked Isaac Coffey as my number one pitcher in the minor leagues for the Red Sox here. Like, yes. it's a home run for the, for the Red Sox. For sure, it's awesome for him. It's amazing. Yeah. Or Roberts and, too. You know, yeah, that's, that's a yeah. That's a little bit of a shout. I was considering giving you that one, but I'm like, I'm going to go signing bonus first. If you were, um, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma, if you told me that one, it would have gave it away. Yeah, good. exactly. I'm like, let's keep it hard. Uh, next guy. Um, this player was born in Riverside, California. Riverside, California. No way it's CT, is it? It's not CT. It's, oh, not it's CT. a hitter. It's a hitter. It's a hitter. Um, Riverside, California. All right, I need another. I need another one. This player was acquired. In a trade for Yoan Ibar in 2020. 2020. I played with this guy, so he was already. 
Riverside, California. <clears throat> All right, I need one more. This player, let's see. Um, we'll go with this. This player went to UC Irvine. UC who is this? Have I ever talked to this guy? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I have a hint for him. I think Hunter knows. I have you a know? hint for him. Uh, in my opinion, he had the most handshakes on the team. The most handshakes on the team? Every, every, it seemed like he had a handshake with every single player. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's like – that's put me in a loop because I go around to the dugout too and do handshakes with everybody. So it's like, golly, uh, hold on. Although Where's now it? I'm questioning, did he play with him? Did I he did, him? yes. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, 38 games in Portland this year. 38 games in Portland. 38 games in Portland, 34 in Worcester. Oh, so. Oh, he did start the year in double A. That's right. Oh, man. Cost, dude. Cost is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Yes, the handshake, very true. Handshake, yeah. very true. Very true. There you yes. go. Yeah, the, the, fun, the fun one that would have given it away on uh, Sox Prospects on under uh, pronunciation, it says rhymes with boss. Would have gotten it. You went three for three. You got them all. There you go. So Phillip Sykes does know his teammates. He's learned uh, something about his teammates over the year. That's good to know. I gave you a couple of California guys. Um, I did have to give you coffee. I mean, I think coffee. coffee. I gave him the nickname of the coffee man earlier this year. Um, It was him and, uh, oh, my God, who's the other one? Uh, Cutter Coffee. Uh, Both of them were. uh, Yeah. The two. So with the two of them, I'm like, we got the two coffee men here. We're just rolling along. (laughs) Yeah, those so, are both good dudes. Good people. Man. Yes. Um, outside of that, I think does anyone have anyone else anything else they want to ask before we wrap this up? Or no, thanks for coming on, Philip. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. it. I had a good time talking to y'all. Shoot, yes. grab it. I enjoyed yes. it. Thanks for joining. We definitely appreciate it. Um, you're welcome back whenever you want. You ever want to come back on? You're welcome. Uh, so for Hunter, Jake, my name is Derek. Thanks, Philip, for joining us. Uh, and we will see you next time.